0: How are
1: you, Vic? Not too bad. How are you, Rebecca?
0: I'm great. It's good to have you with us. Um, do you have anything burning in your soul you want to talk about, or can I get started? Well, no. I
1: just want to congratulate you on the hiring of Carrie.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I need. To, I don't know what's going on with her. Um, I re- was texting with her just a little bit ago, um, and she's like, "Well, I called her a little while ago." Um, to see how she is, because I haven't talked to her in a few days. She's back in where she lives, packing up to move here, right? hmm And so I called her this morning, and it went to voicemail, so I didn't bother to leave her a message, but then I started getting text messages from her as I was getting ready to go on the air. And saying, oh, blah, 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 every time you call me, I'm crying. I'm like, oh, no.
1: Crying? Why?
0: <laughs> My best friend. She's kind of emotional, and so I just don't know what's going on. But she sent me a couple of text messages already, so I had to text and be like, "Yo, I'm going to be going on the airs. so I have to call you back about this." You know, when I get off the airs. But yeah, yeah, yeah. best friend is some in some kind of peril right now. So um,
1: when is when is her ETA? Uh,
0: um, by September first. I mean, is when she's supposed to start employment here.
1: Right. That's right. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, so. And you've known her for how long? I met
0: her in 2004. So, what is oh, that? Oh, wow. That's a long time. Years. Yeah. I've known Carrie for almost 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And we've been through a lot together.
1: And it seems like it. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine how you guys got stopped by this state trooper. <laughs> <laughs> and and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, you should check out Becca's interview with Carrie on her channel.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, that wasn't the only time Carrie and I had interaction with police officers while we were together. Um, we, oh,
1: please, don't ruin my image of you.
0: I know. I won't. I won't. So <laughs> let's talk about some of these topics we were going to be talking about today. Because... Um, there's, I have a couple of things I want to talk about. And the first thing I want to talk about is this situation with these refugees who are fleeing from Cuba to come to the United States for a refuge. You guys, this is a horrible situation. These people are fleeing this communist socialist nightmare. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys have been following it, but It's not pretty and these people are so desperate to escape from it that they're literally building their own flotation devices out of whatever they can. Old car, the hoods of old broken cars, you know, that they find in the junkyard or or pieces of wood that they manage to fasten together to make something that'll float, right? They put Mm -hmm. whatever they can together to try to get themselves and their children to the United States where they can get freedom and get opportunity. And it's really sad, it is really scary. And right now the Biden administration is doing everything in their power to persecute these people and prevent them from coming to our shores while opening our back door and letting thousands of people across our Southern border every day who are coming across, who aren't being tested for the COVID, who are only coming here to take advantage of our services and and overwhelm us. You guys, I'm very angry, you know, democrats are taking us down into the socialist nightmare and i i still i still think we're going to pull out of it though you guys listen to me i know i i know i sound like a crazy just a crazy optimist but i know what we're i know we are capable capable of as americans and as individuals and that's something else we need to remember is we are individuals in this country and we come from other. We all come from other places because our ancestors come from other places and they come here and and so we all have these awesome gifts and talents and abilities and just things about us that are in our genetics and our DNA and our makeup and that's what makes America so great. And that's what's made America so strong. And that's what's made America so prosperous is because we've had all these people come here and share their ideas and their dreams and build and accomplish these great things here. But but we really need to examine our, uh, well, we've known for a while now that we need to examine our policies when it comes to immigration in this country because what's been going on at the southern border. But what's going on over here on, I believe it's our eastern, I mean, forgive me, I haven't seen a globe in over 30 years or a map. Southeastern,
1: southeastern.
0: Southeastern seaboard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's going on with the immigrants who are trying to get in there? That is a desperate situation that needs to be treated differently than the Biden administration is treating there as well. The Biden administration, their their backwards policies when it comes to immigration, are totally derailing what America stands for and the great things that America stands for. And now we just have immigrants pouring across the southern border without checking in at the front door, and you know what, so that they could come in and become. Um, law-abiding citizens, they're sneaking in the back door and taking advantage of our services while we have these other immigrants who are trying to come across from Cuba who are trying to come in the front door and get help while the Biden administration is doing all this stuff in their power to kill, steal, and destroy these people before they can get to our shore. It makes me so angry. I feel like, I feel like, I felt all those years when I was struggling to get out of my own socialist nightmare, right? All those years I was fighting 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 looking for opportunities to to overcome what they were doing to me so that I could become stronger, so I would be able to eventually escape from that nightmare and I eventually did well these people coming from Cuba. They are coming here for new opportunities to to escape from those kinds of things like what I went through, like what Britney Spears is going through and so many other Americans. I know there's thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of Americans going through this right now, just for the mere fact that I have accidentally met dozens of them over the last three decades while I've been fighting the guardianship that I went through. And so, I just implore my viewers, please check into what's going on with our immigration policy all around at our southern border and on our east coast because we need to make some changes, you guys. Um, any- what is,
1: hold on. Hold on. What exactly is going on in Cuba that they're f- running away from? It?
0: They're running away from horrid conditions and squalor and um, abuse of human rights. And and like they're not they're being persecuted and their government is is like robbing them. And they're not being given the human rights and opportunities that we have here. And that's why they're they're coming here.
1: And well, the, what's
0: you know, throughout history, the United States has stood for the people who are abused by their by their governments so that we've always been a beacon of hope, a country where they can come for new opportunities. So why are why is the Biden administration doing this to these refugees from Cuba? These are the people the United States has always helped. These are the people who've come here who built America to be strong. Because people dislike okay. these Cuban refugees.
1: Okay, so what's what's different today than say 10 years ago?
0: I didn't, I I don't know. I, um, I just know that things, I think something's changed in Cuba because now people are getting out of there and they're trying to come here. And the Biden administration is blocking their way. And, and like I said, the Biden administration is doing everything in their power to prevent these, I'm trying to think of what they'd be called, these legal immigrants. They're legal immigrants. Come here. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. How are they legal immigrants?
0: Because they're coming in through the front door and seeking asylum on our, our shores. It's
1: so they've there. done the paperwork?
0: They are? Yeah.
1: If they've they done the paperwork.
0: Here, if they manage to get here, if the Biden administration doesn't blow them out of the water on the way in.
1: Because I, I people in Mexico have been living that way for... I don't know how many years.
0: And so have the people in Cuba. But
1: the, the, So wait, the why are you condemning Biden the Mexicans? Biden why are you condemning the Mexicans, but but not I'm the Cubans?
0: Not, I'm not condemning the Mexicans or the Cubans. I'm condemning the Biden administration for what they're doing to the Cuban immigrants.
1: And again, you said, and I quote, people from the southern border i'm assuming you mean mexico who are taking advantage of your programs and and different things and somehow that's bad i
0: what i'm referring to what i'm referring to at the southern border is an overwhelming swarm of locus that was called down upon my country by the biden administration by the camel harris administration to to drain our coffers of of what we need for our own people that's much different than what's going on on our eastern shoreline from the cuban immigrants we have like What the the amount of people that are coming over the Southern border, it's it's like an army of people descending upon us. It's like hundreds of thousands of people a month, Vic. It's a big difference with what's going on with the Cuban refugees who are seeking true asylum here in America, who truly want to come here and make America good and want to become American citizens. And I know there are a lot of people coming coming in from Mexico who feel the same way, But the way the Biden administration is bringing them in is setting them up for failure and setting them up to to hurt our country because they're not being tested for any, if if they have the virus, they're not being given the vaccine, they're not being given like lessons on how to speak English or how to drive or how to do anything here so they can come here and learn to do things. Instead, what do they have to do other than become commit crimes and, and become a burden on our social services and stuff, Vic?
1: Yeah, but here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. The same conditions in Cuba are the same conditions in Mexico.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the two aren't any different in terms of immigration. Everybody's trying to get in illegally. Because the U.S. is just so... I don't know what the term is except... Bureaucratic, I guess. What? Bureaucratic. Uh-huh. To get into a country is just... The bureaucracy and red tape is just so unbelievable and so expensive.
0: To get into my country or to get in any country?
1: Your country.
0: Well, then well, Hold
1: on, hold on. I should say my country and your country.
0: Yeah, I think your country is probably very similar because... You have a lot of the same opportunities, there that we have here in the United States. But the point is, just like, well, I guess we've already had this conversation. You figure your country does have unlimited resources and everybody should be able to come there and take advantage of everything. So I guess I already know this is a losing argument to have with you because we did discuss this recently.
1: Well, hold on a second.
0: But I, I don't want my country to be like bend over a chair and spread eagle and taken advantage of by hundreds and thousands of people and by the Democrats.
1: Well, believe me, our country goes through the same thing. The only difference is they come over in airplanes. So maybe we have a better class of illegal immigrants. I don't know. <laughs> the fact is, at the end of the day, Canada is as much a socialist republic as Cuba, as Mexico, as England, as most of Europe.
0: No, and that's exactly why we can't let America become a socialist republic. There has to be an alternative for the world.
1: Okay. But yet we're doing so well.
0: Who's we? Canada?
1: Yeah. I think so.
0: Well, I know nothing about Canada. Um, I mean, I grew up near the Canadian border. I mean, I know Canadians are great people, and mm-hmm. I, I. Well, let them. me ask
1: you: While you were growing up in the uh, uh, near the Canadian border, how many complaints did you get about Canada?
0: None. Um,
1: okay. Okay. I mean, speaking to Americans, I can tell you I receive at least one complaint about America daily, really? Yeah
0: well, um, about
1: how people with disabilities are treated, about how people who are poor are treated, about how little money the poor actually get in terms of subsidy and and uh, benefits, stuff like that.
0: And so can I tell you a secret? Go ahead. Those subsidies and those benefits that the poor and the disabled get here in the United States, those were all set up by the Democrats. And let me tell you something that I believe about these subsidies. I believe that these actually hold these people back because it gives them just enough to live on, but never enough to be able to educate themselves or become something more than they are right now. I've seen so many of my disabled friends live on peanuts. So I agree with you, Vic, but that's just the way it is. They have to have a lot of ambition and a lot of drive to pull out of that and make something of themselves. Some of my, a lot of my friends have, but a lot of people can't. It's, a, it's very hard, Vic,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yes, I agree with you. And up here, it's it, people who are getting benefits, uh, social benefits, for example, are getting peanuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Toronto, the max you can get on the Ontario Disability Support Program is anywhere between seven and eight hundred bucks.
0: Yeah, and I, I totally And that's
1: the rent for a bachelor apartment.
0: Yes, and Vic. But back to the problem with getting enough money for needy, like poor people and disabled people. If that's a problem I have with these fucking democratic policies that these Democrats are putting in place because they are wasting so many of our tax dollars on all this bogus bullshit while there's people who really need more money each month.
1: Like what? What bogus bullshit?
0: Oh, I don't. I can't even begin to list. Let me think. Um,
1: Well, just name a couple.
0: Um, the um. Hold on for a minute. Let me think. Jesus, help me. Let me think of some of these. Um.
1: Come on, Becca, you got this. Be
0: quiet for a minute, Vic. I'm thinking. uh, My stupid phone's vibrating because somebody's calling me, so I'm very distracted. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So. Um they are wasting a lot of our tax dollars by opening our southern border and inviting hundreds of thousands of dola- hundreds of thousands of people into our country each month and buying them bus tickets and plane tickets throughout the country at the taxpayer's expense. Um the But wait
1: a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They're doing this for illegal immigrants?
0: Oh yes. Yes. And they've been doing it for months, Vic. No. Yes, there, people are from across the border here in Arizona and in Texas, and I believe in several other states too. You didn't know. I this?
1: just can't. I'm sorry. I just can't see it. This, I just can't see it happening.
0: Well, I know it is shocking, but it is happening. Our and our country is being overwhelmed.
1: Well, I mean, I got to tell you, I it's. It sounds hard to believe, I guess, given what I know about the immigration policy.
0: my voiceovers talking, I can't hear you. let me shut this off. Okay, can you repeat that?
1: Okay, I said I find it hard to believe given what I hear about your your immigration policies and your uh, uh, border patrols.
0: Well the thing is our immigration policies have all gone out the window. And I don't know what's going on with our border agents. The last, I mean, I live down here in Arizona, so I hear things around, you know, being in the community. And I have friends who work in law enforcement and stuff, so I hear things. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I just learn what I learn from watching the news reports and stuff. And what I'm seeing is that our, our border is being overwhelmed, and it's being overwhelmed by. With like all of these un- 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 unaccompanied minors and, you know, just swarms of them, Vic, swarms, mm-hmm. Canada would not be able to withstand that, that much more people, you know what I mean? That's a huge burden for a country to take on.
1: And no, I agree.
0: Like I said, on top of it, these none of these people are being properly tested and screened for the virus. And so I I believe that's why our numbers are increasing every day throughout our country is because the democrats are letting all these people in here and not testing them for the virus and not giving them the vaccine and so they're coming into our our communities and spreading the virus. And it's really stupid that. They keep saying, oh, well, you guys have to mask up and you guys have to go get the vaccine because your numbers are growing every day. Well, the numbers are growing because they're letting these unvaccinated, untested people into our communities and they're sending them all over the country. I bet there's a lot of them up in the flyover zone where I come from because there's so many communities up there that have so many many places that could house people like that, right? Right. People like that, so. Okay. I suspect the population of Montana has probably grown a lot in the last several months.
1: That's interesting. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, I mean, just having, I mean, I don't, I, I haven't heard anything different between Cuba and Mexico that I know of. I mean, I know, yeah, Fidel Castro died and there's new leadership. But as far as I know, the new leadership is nothing different than the old leadership.
0: Well, you should go on YouTube and look at some videos.
1: Well, I I take everything on the internet with a grain of salt. Right? Because I can't trust anything from anyone. I know. I mean, it's so hard to believe that stuff you know i i really have a hard time to, with that stuff
0: speaking of youtubers before we went on the air we were talking about stephen prouder and mm-hmm. i wanted to discuss this situation with our viewers stephen prouder is a really big youtuber and he's excuse me um has been around for a while um and he's going through some serious cardiac health issues um and it's, it sounds to me like it's quite an urgent situation. Um, my ex-husband had some pretty serious cardiac problems. So I learned a, lack, learned a lot about cardiac medicine when I was married to my ex-husband. And I've been re- um, watching some of Steve's po- or videos about his situation in the last um, few days. And anyway, I just, if Steven ever sees my video, I just want you to know, Steve, I'm praying for you and God bless you. And um, just watch your sodium intake um, because um you don't want fluid to build up around your heart it's really bad and exercise is important daily exercise steve um,
1: actually if he's watching i'd love him to come on the show and compare his his uh, experiences to mine
0: yeah so steve um Vic's show is whose blind life is it and no no i
1: mean your show
0: <laughs> oh i know
1: yeah, I know. Well, he could come on either road of our channels. I think it'd be totally awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, my my uh, my experience—it wasn't horrific, but it wasn't great either. Mm. I mean, I got weakness in my arms, and it was just unbelievable when I had that open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And you know, the scar it's not unsightly but feeling it with my hands just feels so weird mm-hmm. you know and i don't know it, it's i i guess i guess it's to be expected you reap what you sow mm-hmm. and i i sowed a lot of shit when i was younger so yeah. i'm paying for it now
0: yeah i wanted to add another thing in case steve Uh, ever does see my video, I wanted to recommend to him to be able help you eat a healthier diet for your cardiac health. Um, You should get the American Heart Association cookbook. And in there, you can also get like crockpot recipes. So you can put something in the crockpot in the morning that's healthy for your heart. So you have something good for dinner that evening. Um, Just FYI, it works for people with busy schedules. The crockpot does. So just some suggestions, Steve. Good luck on your cardiac health.
1: Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and make sure you keep that pillow close.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> when my ex-husband was recovering from his... Well, his first wife walked with him through his first open-heart surgery, and I went with him through his second open-heart surgery. But he w- he had his second open-heart surgery at the um, St. Mary's Hospital in Rochester, Minnesota, and the doctors from the Mayo Clinic there in Rochester, Minnesota performed it. And they gave right. him this heart-shaped pillow that was really firm that he was able to clutch to his chest to help hold bones together when he would um, cough when he was recovering from his surgery because they had back then they literally saw it all the way through his sternum so yeah it was quite yeah. painful for him when he was recovering I remember
1: yeah believe me I know what he felt I know exactly what he felt
0: mm-hmm. yeah but but holding that Pill tighter really did help a lot. And it's honestly thinking back to what I learned through those experiences has helped me with my own health. So, has it? Oh, so, yeah. your
1: your heart is healthy though? Oh, you don't have any, any so
0: issues? I don't know my heart is, but I exercise every day and I try to listen to what my heart's telling me. I haven't yeah, been yeah. to the doctor in quite a while. so
1: Is that true?
0: What?
1: You haven't been to the doctor in quite a while?
0: Well, I took my kids to the doctor several months ago and then I saw the doctor and she ordered an MRI of my brain because I hadn't had an MRI in a long time. Right. And this is the doctor I think I I talked about it on a previous episode of the show. This doctor, she was a brand new doctor, which is why I like the idea of seeing her because I figured maybe she wouldn't have preconceived notions, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, when she discu- when she learned that I was glided from a brain tumor in 1989, and I hadn't had an MRI in a long time, she ordered an MRI. So right. I hadn't had the MRI done, and then she got the results of the MRI, and the results said that they had found a soft spot on my brain, and that was some indication of some pre- previous serious head trauma. Right. And my doctors were all freaked out about it and she's panicking and she's like i want to refer you to a neurologist and i want to do this and i was like no well, no 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 no!" right because the last two neurologists i seen i wanted to punch and, right and she was wanting to go put me back through all the gallon of tests that all those doctors did to me back in the 90s right right and because she saw a soft spot that was from the brain tumor that was removed in 1989. right she missed, and so, I haven't seen a doctor since. That was like in the spring, so. Yeah. Um,
1: but How did you find this doctor?
0: Oh, um, well, because she's at this family practice that I switched to for insurances, for insurance purposes, uh-huh. I had new insurance, so I found a better insurance for my family. At least that's what I thought, so. Yeah. That's why we started to see her, but there's other doctors in the office. I honestly probably just need to call and make an appointment to go see somebody else. Cause I still have like like she was supposed I was supposed to get help with several other things, but she never did get onto anything else because she kind of got distracted with the whole she got
1: fixated on your head, yeah,
0: yeah. The whole soft spot on the brain. And when I finally helped her understand what that was, she's like, Oh, okay, well, see you in a year. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what about <laughs>
1: wow that's that's unbelievable
0: yeah so and she didn't say see you what she said was see you in six months right but okay i I don't want to wait six months to go see another doctor so i i gotta do something sooner because my neck's been like freaking out on me worse and my back skin been getting worse in the last couple years and i haven't been able to do anything with the quarantine and stuff so i just feel like i need to get some strengthening going on and i mean i've been getting more uh, out working on my punching bag more and let's see what else do i have and uh, i don't know hopefully i'll get time to go swimming that'll help and hopefully i'll get time to go walk my dog too these are all things i'm working on right but
1: yeah yeah so you have a punching bag
0: Oh yeah, I got it just before the quarantine or maybe it was during the quarantine. Um, I just haven't used it very much because I've been so busy writing my books but now that I'm just now finishing up the books I've been writing in the last few months so now I'm taking some time in the mornings to hit my punching bag, at least I did today and I have my Alexa now reminding me every day. Um,
1: What is your process for writing a book?
0: Oh, okay, so yeah, let's talk about this bit. Okay, so... I've written, I've published two books and I'm writing my third memoir right now and some fiction rights, some fiction short stories. So let me tell you just some stuff I've learned. Um, it's good to start with like a, a rough draft, of mm-hmm. some, basic, some basic like headings down or basic ideas and then put some smaller details underneath each of those, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is how I did it with my memoir, except instead of writing down ideas, I was writing on memories, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so when I wrote my memoir, I went through and I just did like a, I knew I wasn't going to make it like a published material right away. So I literally just sat down on my computer and I cried a lot through this process, but I sat down for several days at my computer and I just wrote about the thoughts and memories and dreams I had had back then and and what I had you know been been through and the the things that had been done to me that I felt were unfair the things that had been done to me that I felt were invasive the things that had been done to me that I felt were just plain wrong and the world needed to know Um, and then I talked about um my hopes for the future you know and stuff like that that's what i've talked about in my my memoirs right Mm -hmm. but but so after i finished my second memoir during the quarantine though before i started my third memoir i realized i didn't want to just let my writing skills become you know stagnant you know a long time ago I, i remember hearing somebody say if you want to be a writer just write every day and so back then, I had started a diary, right? I'm talking about back when I was in my early 20s, I started a diary. That right. was back when I was early on fighting the guardianship. And so I sure. started a diary to practice my writing skills. And then it turned into I was reading um, a, a daily devotional book. So I'd read this daily devotional, and then I'd answer the questions and maybe write down some more light thoughts for some to practice my creative writing skills and stuff, right? Yeah. I was doing that like when I was in Bridges and one of the LSTs named Barbara was, was really um, reading it in the evenings when she'd come and see me in my apartment, you know, as she was getting off work or whatever. A lot of times she worked the night, so she'd be just checking in, right? So she'd come to my apartment to see what I was doing and I'd have my pajamas on. I'd be sitting at my CCTV back then. It was that old box CCTV and um, I'd be sitting there with, the devotional book that i had at the time um i don't remember what it was called and i'd be reading one of them and then i'd have my computer next to me with my talking program back then i had window eyes i believe in my computer right and so and then i would turn over and i'd use the, the word processing program in there to just practice some you know creative writing based on what i was reading in the book right
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and so that's what i was doing back then but i always planned on writing my memoir after i finally dissolve that guardianship because i always knew someday i would terminate it and i knew i had to write my memoir after that and so that's mm-hmm. what i did yeah and, yeah and then you know i mean you probably know the history from that because you probably read my memoirs so i
1: have yeah yeah so. um so it's safe to say that you come up with a broad outline first
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then yeah. you do smaller outlines underneath each broad outline and then you flesh everything out.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of what I've done with my fiction too. You know, like with my fiction, I come up with a basic idea, like a main character and then the the plot or the, the problem the the main character has to overcome. Right. Sure. So far I've written two short stories. Um, one's called Retch through wretch and the other is called Saving Beth's Baby. Um, uh-huh. And then there's another little, I don't know, piece that I have created called "Growing Hair on Your Chest," um, and so, and I'm we're pulling together some other short stories. I haven't quite, I mean, I kind of have some pencil ideas for them, but I haven't started them yet. But I'm gonna wait,
1: wait, it. wait, 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 wait! Growing hair on your chest?
0: Yeah, that's the name of the little. I have three little, three short stories right now. One is called "Wretch the Wretch." One is called "Saving Beth's Baby," and one is called "Growing Hair on Your Chest."
1: And what is that one about?
0: (laughs) Well, you're gonna have to read the book when I get it published. But I (laughs) have some more short stories because this is gonna be like a a a conglomeration of several short stories. Um, Right. Right. And I'm having so much fun writing these short stories, Vic. Um, Gino had to tell me to stop sharing them with people because I had one of my blind friends and I was letting him read all my stuff. And then I thought, shoot, what if he starts sharing these around with people? So I was like, I swarmed to secrecy. And then I just haven't talked to him in a while now. So I haven't shared anything with him in a while, but...
1: Well, you know, there are such things as NDAs, right?
0: Oh, yeah, but... Yeah,
1: I get it. But either way, I mean it's just ironic that you do
0: what's
1: ironic. Uh, growing hair on your chest.
0: Well, that's <laughs> what the name of it is.
1: No, no, I know. I understand that. I just like I said, it's kind of funny.
0: <laughs> there are people from my life who would hear the title of that short story that's included in this trio. So far it's just a trio of stories. There's only three. Sure. But there are people in my past who would hear the name of that short story and would chuckle because they would have an idea of what it's about.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and, so and that makes me I want to read it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. Um, I don't know if you thought of it that way, but it definitely, uh, it definitely makes me want to read it. If anything, just to see what it's about. <laughs> well,
0: I was actually in the middle of writing that piece and I thought because it was just something that had been on my heart for a long time and I was trying to figure out how to pull it all together into something right into something that was more than just a thought here and a thought there right Uh well one day I sat down to work on it and I was working on it I thought you know a lot of this is based on things I learned growing up okay so there are people who who were instrumental in my life growing up, who if they saw those three titles, that middle one, they'd be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, they, it would say something to them, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because let me tell you, I guess I can tell our viewers what growing hair on your chest means. It means enduring things and overcoming things that make you stronger. They put hair on your chest, they make you a full grown adult. Okay, talking about that's what that title means growing hair on your chest. Well, damn it, you
1: shouldn't have said that.
0: (laughs) Well, that section of the book is about those sorts of things, so maybe people might be interested in reading why I feel those things are about those things, what my thoughts are on those things. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, um, the burning question, sweetheart, is do you like a man with hairy chests? Um.
0: I encourage our viewers to watch my videos and read my writings to find out because I have discussed that on previous videos and I believe I have. Have you really?
1: It. Oh, my God. Now I got to go back in the archives.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you, you asked me another question on a, a, a previous video several weeks ago, Vic, that I should have referred you to just my videos collection because I I had created a video on that the answer to answer that question too. So Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Damn it, honey. Now you make me want to go way, way back.
0: Oh, yeah. You got, you need to go watch my videos. Listen, Vic, I started my channel with several goals in mind. Several, at least three. At least three. Now I think, I think I'm like six or seven, right? That I'm working on. Okay. um, So, yeah, I'm a very inspired person. And Uh since I'm a very inspired person, I put out a lot of, Inspiring videos about the things that I'm inspired about so I encourage you and our viewers to go watch my videos
1: So what were the original three then?
0: the original three what?
1: reasons what you, you opening the channel, yeah
0: um, Well in the beginning it was just so I could gain a following because nobody knew who I was and uh-huh. I mean I had published a book but I had wanted to publish some more books. And I also wanted to make a movie and I wanted to start a life coaching business. And Mm -hmm. I had all these projects that I had been working on over the years and they were just kind of coming together. And I could see how they were all kind of fitting together and kind of focusing in the same direction. And so I figured out how to make it the platform for my company And Mm -hmm. so I've been working on all of these things for over two years now. And some of these things are coming to fulfillment now. And so we have a lot of big, exciting stuff going on. And that's why I really want to encourage our viewers to make sure you are subscribed to my channel, make sure you hit the notifications button and make sure you watch all our videos because we do make, make big announcements from time to time announcements about, um, milestones we make in our projects. We make announcements about how people can become involved. We recently made an announcement how people could become involved and get paid for it. Nobody even responded. And so I don't know how much attention people are really paying to these videos. But we're growing here at Blue Butterfly Enterprises and we're trying yeah. to make things bigger and we're trying to bring other people in on this, but nobody's really wanting to participate with this. I mean, they mm-hmm. don't want to volunteer, fine, but do they? would they like to do more? You know what mm-hmm. I
1: mean? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly.
0: Um, anyway, I just encourage our viewers to go watch our videos because, like I said, we, there are big announcements back there that Vic has been asking about and other people have been asking about. And um, I want to be mysterious. And I want people to go back and watch those videos. Because, damn it, Gino and I worked hard on them. Go watch them.
1: <laughs> yeah, at the very least, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we didn't have as many viewers back then, you know? Right.
0: And, I mean, our viewership is always growing. Um, I, yeah. think, I think I saw the when I looked the other day, I think I saw that we have a couple more subscribers, too, more than the, we had the last time I looked. So thank you guys for subscribing. And please... Please refer your friends and family to my channel. You know, this is like a grassroots movement. It's just me paying for my channel. Um, I don't have any, I don't get any money from YouTube because I cannot get monetized through them. They keep changing their monetization rules and stuff. And I think all YouTubers know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, So this is just me doing this. Um, Mm -hmm. Me and Gino and hopefully my friend Carrie makes it. Um, I honestly don't know what's going on. I have to give her a call when we get off the show. So. Well,
1: that's going to be interesting. Carrie's going to be a part of the YouTube process.
0: Well, yeah. So that's another announcement video we put out recently. So, did you say you did see that, or you didn't? I'm sorry. So, yeah, Carrie's going to be part of this process. But the
1: you... YouTube process. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh okay. I thought I thought no. I thought she was coming to work for Blue Butterfly Enterprises. I didn't know she was going actually going to be a part of the YouTube show.
0: So Becca's world is part of Blue Butterfly Enterprises. Right. So Carrie will be doing lots of things, just like Gino does lots of things, and I do lots of things. We do uh-huh. a lot of hats here at Blue Butterfly Enterprises. Oh, okay. See, this is what I'm talking about. Though God has brought me. Gino and Carrie are both individuals who have very awesome talents, and they're very good at at learning on the fly and, and being able to, you know, Figure things out. So I really feel good about the team that God is bringing me. Um, yes, here at Blue Butterfly Enterprises, I think we're going to do good things, and I can't wait till Carrie gets here.
1: She's yeah.
0: It, so.
1: I mean, do you look for anyone outside of Arizona?
0: Um, As yeah,
1: employees?
0: We, yeah, actually, we have been go back and watch my videos, Nick.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Find it and send it to you. Sorry. I know I know which video you're wanting to know about. You want to know about? I mean, do you want me to send you a couple videos?
1: Yes, please. I would ask you to do that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Can you email me your email address then, or email sure, me email and then I'll just respond. Okay. Thanks. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And I encourage our viewers to go up there and watch because yeah, these questions that Vix had in the last several weeks. Our questions. We made videos about. I've made these big announcements because this this my company is about doing these things and getting these things done, and they're milestones and they're building blocks or pieces, right? So right. Um. Anyway.
1: And, and uh, who have you worked for?
0: Who have I worked for? I worked for myself.
1: No, no. I mean, in terms of motivationally speaking oh
0: i haven't gotten paid i have volunteered and done some motivational speaking on a volunteer basis
1: oh i see okay
0: and in my videos i'm very um very motivational motivational yes because i as my viewers know i feel very strongly about what i've been through and i want to make sure people understand what their rights are and that they understand what their abilities are as an individual right because people will lie to you and the people can convince you or try to convince you that you can't do things as a disabled person and it's so wrong um these these invisible chains that they try to put on you by telling you these things it really makes me angry and if you if you let them if you even let them entertain these notions in your presence so that your mind and your heart is hearing these words it can hold you back and so it's really important that You make sure that you're hearing words that are positive and that are true, right? True Mm -hmm. that you you are you are able to do things and and it's not, you know, it's not unreasonable that you expect um what's that accommodations at work and school. We have rights as citizens, and it's not that difficult to accommodate a blind person if if you do a little bit of research.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: blind people already have their accommodations built in? They have their iPhone or they have their laptop with their jaws in it, right? They
2: mm-hmm. just
0: need to have a job to do with these computer devices. Yeah. So and so many of these jobs can be done on computers now. Why not employ some of these blind people? So.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. I have a if question I, though.
0: evoke rehab counselor is one of my job goals.
1: Oh, is it really?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And do you want to work for the state?
0: I want to work for myself. I think I'm going to open up my own company. Um, I don't know if I... I guess I call it a vocational rehabilitation company. I don't know. I just... I feel like I have a lot of tools and a lot of knowledge because I have been through a lot of BS to in order to find the right tools and find the shortcuts right to get... Hmm. Into- what you need quicker. And so I just feel like I already have a lot of the knowledge and stuff. So if I can go to school to get that part of the training, then I'm, yeah, I'm going to become a, a voc rehab counselor. It's just I'm so scared of going to school because I've had such bad experiences with it. So that's why, I don't know, maybe I'll open my own company and be a volunteer voc rehab counselor and help people because that I, I don't have a problem giving my services away for free. I mean, I'm getting paid by the Lord above, right? So Mm -hmm. um, as far as I'm concerned, my services are here. If anybody watching would like me to maybe give you some, coach you through um, the processes you're going through with trying to get access to employment or education or transportation Mm -hmm. or stuff like that. Or if if you want me to tell you how I did it because I didn't do it right the first time. It was kind of a struggle, right? I I had to figure out the the best way to go about doing these things, the most quickest way and the most cost-effective way, because honestly, the government doesn't always do things the most cost-effective way, as we all know. I saw a lot of waste and and abuse in fraud. Honestly, I consider it fraud in the system, right?
1: Have you thought of running for office?
0: Yes, I have, Um, but that's like, like I said, I have many goals, but that's one that's further down the road. So,
1: so you, what happened as a result?
0: What happened as a result of what?
1: Thinking about running for office.
0: Oh, I can, I became convinced in my own mind that I should do it. I just need to decide what office I want to run for first. And so I'm gonna take the next couple of years deciding I might run for Congress. Um, That might be a good place for me to start because honestly, I'm gonna have to go to Congress anyway in the next couple of years because of um, one of the projects I've been working on for a long time and that's dissolving these guardianship laws. I've talked about this also in previous videos. So um, in the next, I, I anticipate it'll probably be in the next 12 to 24 months, I plan on going to Congress in Washington, D.C., and with a ban of lawyers and rewriting these laws so that people can no longer be locked down under these guardianships and abused the way I was for 15 years, the way Britney Spears is being abused right now, and the way so many other people have been and are being abused right now by these guardianships here in the united states it makes me so angry and the fact that god has brought me to this position where i can become a spokesperson and i can speak out not only about what i've learned about my own situation but about what britney spears has been going through and about so many of these other people because i lived it i fought the legal battle i lost the first time in 2004 i had to regroup and i had to study some more law but I figured it out. I found the legal loophole that the lawyers don't know about. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. But, no, I can understand that. I just, I, just, I was just under the impression that you had to run for smaller governments first and build yourself up. Oh no! You,
0: I can run for president if I want to.
1: Could the you? Is, okay.
0: The thing is, most people, most people start small because they build up a reputation over time like yes. so donald, donald trump was already well known because he was a, a business uh, uh, he was a successful businessman right and he had right. some other projects um that that brought him a lot of attention but mm-hmm. a, a lot of these people are just people like well you and me vic and yeah you know I I've done enough in my time that I know my blindness does not oh, my low vision blindness whatever you want to call it does not hold me back. I really believe I could be a congresswoman, and I believe I.
1: I'm sorry. Be. Who was saying you couldn't?
0: I, I'm just telling my viewers. If any of my viewers doubt that I could be this because I'm blind, I'm just telling them don't doubt it because. There's no reason I can't be a congressman. There's no reason I can't be the president. I've honestly been thinking about running for something. Right. Um, I just need to decide where I want to start. Yeah. No.
1: I mean, you've got places. you've definitely got the passion for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I feel. You you definitely have the passion to run an office somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, how far up do you want to go? And uh, How far up are you prepared to go?
0: Okay. Well, I'm prepared to go as far or do as much as I feel called or led to do. Um, And that's the way I've been managing my life for decades now. And that's the way I've been managing my company for over two years now, just over two years. And I found so much success managing my life and my company like that. So I would manage if I choose to run for office, I would run that the same way. Right. I, I I would I would look at any situation that ca- I came across with an open mind and open perspective, and look at not not how is this situation going to stop us or hurt us, but how can we still continue to live our lives and be productive people in spite of this new situation? Right? Yeah. I really feel like our leaders have done us a great disservice in the last. 18 to 24 months with these lockdowns and stuff. And I really feel like if they had just turned to the Constitution and studied what our rights were in the first place, instead of violating them, that uh-huh. we would have all turned out a lot better. The, yeah. The, yeah. the death numbers would have been a lot less, too, right? Sure. Yeah. Everything would have gone a lot better. If these stupid politicians, instead of panicking and instead of deciding to take advantage of the American people as, as much as they could while they had the chance, right? Better stuff could have been done if there were people in the office that were making better decisions, who had like a better, like a wider perspective, and who were, who were who were thinking through their decisions with, you know, thinking about, you know, using common sense and using good thinking, right? Right. I just, I feel like we need some people with different thinking, ways of thinking in the office. In many of these offices. Um, So. Yeah, I
1: mean, what is, what is the current climate in Arizona?
0: um, Well, Political
1: climate, sorry.
0: Political. Everything is calm. I mean it's not like it was early on early on politically people were really you know there was a lot of hostility and we were really worried that actual war might break out right or at least violence like what we saw during the riots right right we were anticipating that and um i know i was praying and meditating and trying to keep a cool head um And I think a lot of other people were too. Um, And I think we dodged it. I I do think we're past that part. Right. Um, So
1: you're kind of like dry kindling with a box of matches right next door. (sighs) Would you say?
0: (sighs) I think, no, I, I think the bonfire has already been lit. But... I, you I think so? Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The yeah. The, the bonfire has already been lit. Um. But the thing is, it's raining. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, like their their fires, it's not working out for them like they thought. You know what I
1: mean? So now they're trying to, d- you know, do damage control.
0: Right. Yeah. You know? What, the virus is backfiring on them. The vaccines uh, are backfiring on them. The lockdowns are backfiring on them. The mask mandates are backfiring on them. All of these unconstitutional things they've been doing in the last few years are backfiring on them.
1: Now, and is this the state government or the federal government?
0: Oh, it's the federal government. Oh, okay. Well, and honestly, listen... I shouldn't say it's the government. I feel like we don't have leadership. I feel like we haven't had leadership since President Trump left office. And I'll tell you why. Because well, the Biden administration is not leveling with the American people and telling us what to do. They're using fear tactics. That's not the correct way to lead people, to mm-hmm. frighten them into submission, to frighten them into obedience, or try to do that. The thing is they misjudge the American people. America. Most of the most American people aren't ignorant sheep that will get scared and just run and get vaccinated when they're told to right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, i really and i think that's why they've you know why this why we're at the state we're at right now it feels like i mean to me it feels like we're in this waiting game where the democrats are waiting to see if they can figure out a way to get everybody to go get vaccinated or if they can figure out a way to convince us that they have a right to force us right And meanwhile, there's those of us like me, and I think think most people are like me, and we're sitting back saying, no, I've got a right. You're not going to force me to get vaccinated, and you're not going to continue to take away my rights and force me to stay in my home and force me to keep my businesses closed. Because all of these things are violations of our constitutional rights.
1: Yes. Well, can I tell you what I think? What do you think? I think all the free countries like the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., I think the heads of state, president, prime minister, blah, 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 are all figureheads. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Because there are checks and balances in there that don't let these people do what they want. So So what's the point of having them there?
0: So do you think since they're all figureheads, do you think maybe... That these big, all these big industrialized countries, that are actually all ruled by maybe one world power, like the world. No, no,
1: no, no. I think the problem is each country has a block of people. For example, we have what's called members of parliament, uh-huh. and each member of parliament is is uh, directly responsible for their particular part of the country, mm-hmm. and. You know, at the end of the day, you have everybody sitting at this particular end of the table who say, yeah, it should be this way. But then at the other end of the table, you've got another bunch of people saying, no, it should be this way. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so in the end, everybody's got to vote for it. And honestly, the vote of the president doesn't mean shit. Well, obviously, it doesn't in
0: the United States anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if it isn't done by a majority, it's not going to get done. So, exactly what is the president doing or the prime minister?
0: They're not doing anything. Not right, doing exactly. Anything. I think
1: they're mostly figureheads.
0: Yes, we need leaders.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And not only at the that level, but like the governor at in the governor's mansion we need leaders in mm-hmm. the mayoral mansions we need leaders in the city councils we need leaders in the school boards we need leaders in in the church churches we need leaders in the the families and the households we need leaders
2: mm-hmm.
0: on the playgrounds we need leaders right honestly we yeah. need leaders everywhere and I, oh I'm yeah getting off base here but
1: no, you're not. I think I think what you're yeah. saying is correct. And the well, fact is, we I uh, think I think these leaders have to get onto a playground slide and slide down and see how many cuts they get.
0: Now, um, what the point I'm trying to make with what I was just saying a moment ago is that all of us at all levels have the potential to be leaders. If right. You- an idea, if you have a good intention, if you have something burning in your mind and your heart, go figure mm-hmm. out how to make it happen. Find other people who share your vision who want to help you make it happen. Let's make America strong again. Let's make America good again.
1: Right, so, exactly. But exactly. I mean,
0: it just takes people believing in themselves and in their community and in their country and what they stand for, right?
1: Well, I disagree. I think it takes people to believe in their leaders.
0: Well, their leaders are part of that. But it it starts out as believing in ourselves and believing in our abilities as individuals and our our strengths as individuals.
1: Well, I mean, I believe in myself a whole bunch, but I couldn't trust my leaders if you know, as far as I could throw them. You know, at the end of the day, they're politicians.
0: Vic, if I didn't know your politics, I'd encourage you to run for office.
1: (laughs) No, I couldn't.
0: But, see, why not, Vic? Why don't you run for office up there?
1: I can't. Literally.
0: Because you're blind?
1: No, because I'm not born here.
0: Oh, yeah, you were born in Portugal, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, believe me. If I could, I would. So I would.
0: Can you make it better by going and volunteering your time then?
1: Volunteering my time, how?
0: Oh, there's lots of ways to volunteer your time. There's soup kitchens. There's homeless shelters. There's uh, well, soup ki- like there's food banks. Um,
1: Actually, those places aren't accepting volunteers at the moment because of COVID.
0: Oh, I know. Honestly, you're right because I looked into it myself recently. Oh,
1: you're right. yeah, yeah Thank and uh, but if I could, I would though.
0: So well you, you're doing just what I do though you're you're doing your YouTube channel, right? you do Yes, I am. So you do you do snap every Saturday night, right? I do. So is there do you have any other regular shows you do on your channel each week?
1: Yeah, I've got the Friday film feature. We've got the uh, the afternoon radio theater. On Sundays, okay. and uh, on Mondays, I've got the interviews that I conduct. On uh, Wednesday, I have uh, what else do I have? I have the Cr- Crime Crusher series, and uh, when Life with Four Senses is on, I've got one of those shows happening then. And on Thursdays, I've got uh, Zoe's Blind Kitchen Corner. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of shows.
0: Well, that's awesome. So, I just wanted our viewers to know what all is available on Whose Blind Life Is It, anyway. So, I encourage all of you to go check his channel out. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, Becca's channel is too, because I'm here too.
0: Right. Anywhere Vic is, is awesome. <laughs> Vic can, you, Vic, can you send me a copy of our interview? Because I wasn't able to find it when I went up on your channel and looked, and I wanted to watch well, it. Well, it's up there now. Oh, is it up there now? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay,
1: yeah. Then I'll go look. Yeah, I, I went up there officially on Monday.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, Vic, do you have anything else you want to talk about?
1: Uh, No, at this point, you've pretty much said it all, honey.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Oh, let's do a quick commercial break. Okay. Hey, everybody, great news. You can now get both of my books on Audible. My first book, Because You're Blind, is the story of how I went from that terrified little girl who woke up suddenly blind and brain injured at the age of 12 years old and then years later was locked down under an illegal and corrupt guardianship in the state of Montana for 15 years. It's the story of how I defeated all of that and overcame all of that. And then my second book, Changing My Perspective, is how I use my own thinking to empower myself to change my life after all of that. And now today I am the founder and president of Blue Butterfly Enterprises, as well as host and creator of Becca's World on YouTube. And I have a lot of other great projects going on, but I just wanted to encourage you guys to check out the audible versions of my books because they're both good stories. And you can get, there's. I have some free downloads of each book available. If you email me at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com, I would be happy to send you a free download so you can check it out. Thank you so much for your time. And now back to the blind view. Hello?
1: Okay, I have to ask. Okay. How the hell did you get such great sound on that commercial?
0: Oh, I don't know. Hey, but I wanted to give you guys a quick preview of some stuff we have coming up here at BBE that I was thinking about on the commercial break.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: So, yours truly is going to be getting a tattoo in the near future. And so, we'll be doing a special episode about that.
1: Oh, my God. What tattoo?
0: Well, you'll have to wait. No, I
1: can't. Give us a hint.
0: I think i will wait and reveal it when I reveal the tattoo.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. All right. All right.
0: I need to go experience it and I'll do a video talking about the experience, what, how it worked, what I experienced. And, and, and you can't probably, film it? I'll probably, well, I'll ask them. Oh, I'll definitely ask them. Um, okay. I, I, haven't, I haven't, I've been really busy writing. I have so much trouble turning myself away from my computer. Um, but is, I,
1: is somebody going to go with you?
0: Oh, oh, yeah. My sister Amber's definitely going to want to be there, you know. Coaching me or whatever, and Gino wants to be there videotaping. So we're <laughs>
1: well, yeah, damn skippy. <laughs> that's
0: what we're going to try to do. If they, if they us videotape, that's what our plan is, and then we'll put together a show of Becca's world. So it'll be interesting. Uh, but okay, so- wait,
1: give us a hint. Where are you going to put it?
0: Listen, I have other announcements I have to make real quick. Okay,
1: and you get to them. Just answer my question.
0: What was your question?
1: Where are you going to put it?
0: I haven't designed it yet. I have a big body. Like, I've got arms and legs and feet and hands. You have
1: a big body. Oh, honey, come on. Okay. You have a big body. Come on.
0: There's lots of places. So, well, maybe our viewers would want to email us some suggestions for where I should get the tattoo.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> I idea.
0: I suggestions, but, <laughs> but, but I'm pretty so sure I know where I'm going to get it i Yeah. Guys, yeah. I've a lot about tattoos and I've talked to a lot of people who've had tattoos in my lifetime and I don't want to get a tattoo somewhere in my body that might swell or shrink later on and then the tattoos- Well, I mean,
1: right off the bat it's going to swell because of the damage to the actual area when you right. do the t- t- tattoo, but it's going to go down eventually.
0: Right, and that's a given but so what I'll do is I'll do a, I'll do a video of it being done, because I'm sure they'll probably let me videotape it, right? And then Gina and I can put together a special episode, and, uh-huh. and that episode, we'll be able to talk about what the expected recovery time looks like, and then maybe we can do another video during the recovery showing, you know, the progress of it, what it looks like at that time, and discussing what it feels like and stuff like that, and, um, and so... And- that- <laughs> if
1: Gino's going to be there, he can do the audio description.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, Gino could do audio description. Exactly. Oh, that would be great. That's a great idea.
1: I mean, if a blind man can do his own audio description, Ie me, then uh-huh. surely Gino can do it. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, so so um yeah, so we're going to be doing that's one video we're going to be doing. And also, our second year anniversary is coming up later this month. So we're going to be doing some kind of celebration for that. We're going to be doing a special celebration. We're going to want to videotape some of that. So we'll be putting together a special show about that. And I
1: Wait, BBE's, second, B-B-E's uh, second year? Okay.
0: I opened my company in August of 2019, just five or six months before the quarantine hit. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wow, congratulations.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So, so we're going to be celebrating that. And also Carrie is going to be joining our team. I'm, I'm going to try to hold off on um, that celebration until she's here. Right. So we can maybe do a dual celebration and celebrate her joining the company.
1: Yeah, Uh, definitely.
0: And so these are just some fun things that we have coming up Um, and Some other stuff is coming up, but I can't make any announcements on any of this other stuff right now. So I just encourage our viewers to stay tuned for these big announcements we have coming up. Um, Yeah,
1: and remember, if you want to email where uh, Becca should put her tattoos, send it to info at (laughs) bluebutterflyenterprises.com.
0: Yeah, if if you want to take part in Vic's poll, his poll question is, where should Becca get her tattoo.
1: Oh my god, I'm doing that on face on, on Twitter. Yeah. Does anybody okay.
0: care about what tattoo I'm getting? They just want to know where I'm getting it. I'm sorry? Doesn't anybody want to know what tattoo I'm getting?
1: Well, you said you hadn't decided yet.
0: Oh, I guess, so I guess I have decided what I'm getting, but, <laughs> but I'm not gonna reveal that yet either. So
1: No, you don't reveal that yet. Yeah. But who knows, you might get a you might get an excellent idea from the emails.
0: Yeah, so if anyway, if you're watching it, if you want to take part in this poll, go ahead and send us an email. Again, the address is info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com and let us know where you suggest I get my first tattoo on yeah. my beautiful body.
1: And if you don't feel comfortable sending it to her, you can send it to me. Whose uh, blind life is it anyway at gmail.com?
0: Okay, yeah, because he's the one that wanted to do the poll anyway, I guess. um is there anything else you want to talk about today
1: no i'm good i'm good
0: um i just want to touch bases on um this britney spears situation um i haven't had much of a chance to follow in the last two days or so but the last time i looked her mother is now weighing in on her situation and her mother is expressing that she supports her daughters fight to get free of the guardianship. And I wanted to commend Britney Spears' mother for standing up for her daughter like this. I wish my own mother had done that for me. That is really commendable.
1: You know, it's weird that Jamie Lynn Spears seems to be against her uh, guardianship removal.
0: Jamie Lynn being her little sister? Yeah. (laughs) Why is that weird?
1: I have no idea. I, I I said it seems. I don't actually don't, know for you sure.
0: You understand that her little sister has ulterior motives, right? Her little sister has financial gain by keeping the guardianship in place. Does she? And and she also has the the her father's favor to think of here, right? Her father. Oh, okay. Her father's the guardian that's abusing her big sister. Right. Right. See, that's one situation that my little sisters found themselves in. Were they supposed to take my side or our mother's side, right? Yeah. So it causes a problem in siblings. It does. Uh, And I haven't even talked to my two youngest sisters about this situation in some time, right?
1: Because Mm -hmm.
0: of the problems it causes. You know, that'd
1: be an interesting interview. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get their reaction to your guardianship and how they felt throughout the whole thing. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Honestly, so my sister a- Amy, the one who's living here with me now, uh, she's been here for a few years. Um, she has knows a lot about what I've been through because she's been here the last couple of years while I've been talking about it and writing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's because she was in Missoula part of the time that I was there, she got to just witness some of the stuff I went through there. And then right. she Witnessed this a lot of the stuff they did to me when I was a teenager, right? So Okay. So she knows a lot more about it than our little sisters do, right? Well,
1: here's the thing. I don't want her to talk about your experiences. I want her to talk about her feelings and how she felt oh, right. seeing her sister go through this stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so my sister barely agreed. I think I've had her on my show one time. Yeah, she did my... She did the Clarence, when I did my video about Clarence Cuts the Rope, the painter that I knew when I was growing up because I bought one of his paintings recently. When Uh we did that video, she participated in that video. So she might participate in one of your videos. You're welcome to ask her, Vic.
1: No, no. I meant I want to see her on yours. You should ask her her as her sister.
0: So she is writing her own book about what she experienced. And okay. I've asked her about coming on my channel, I'm not specifically to discuss these topics, but she knows the door is open. So I'm sure if she feels comfortable coming on this platform and talking about this in such a public forum, she will. So,
1: have you actually asked her to?
0: Um, I believe several months ago I did. Um, well, maybe not so much about this, but I did. There was honestly another. Um, private, difficult, painful situation in a, mostly her life um, that I asked her if she wanted to discuss and she said no. So I just don't think she's really into discussing these.
1: Emotions. No, that's fine. I understand that. I just, I just think maybe it would be a nice, interesting story to hear about her feelings during your guardianship.
0: You know what's been really interesting is she told me about her thoughts and feelings when she was 11 years old and when she was like in the hospital having to take care of me while i was going through all of that yeah and and then she told me about what it was like when i came home from the hospital the stuff she had to do to help me and take care of me right she was 11 right and i was wow and i was newly blind and brain injured and our parents left these little girls to take care of themselves so it, the doctors, I don't know what was wrong with the doctors. You know, this whole thing it impacted my little sisters and my parents and everybody I knew so drastically. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I've been encouraging her since she moved here. She was writing a book when, when she lived in Montana, but I've encouraged her to continue writing and stuff while she's been here. And so she's been writing, you know, while she's been here, too. So,
1: Well, at the very least, it'll be free publicity for her book.
0: Well, and but writing is also very therapeutic. So, if any of our viewers have, and I'm sure many of you have been through some very difficult circumstances and experiences, writing down your experiences is a good, is very therapeutic. And also, writing after you write them down from your perspective, writing them down from another person's perspective is helpful. Like, for example, these fiction story, short stories I keep referring to. In these short stories, I'm talking about actual experiences that I've had or other people have had that I've met, right? But mm-hmm. I'm thinking about them from a fictional perspective. So it's actually helping me heal from a lot of these difficult experiences I've had. So writing fiction, if you can see your pain from a fiction perspective and see it, see somebody else going through it and see how they're dealing with it. Maybe it will help you deal with it on your own. I mean, I feel like that's helped me. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. It does.
0: Yeah, so. And those are
1: wise words.
0: Yeah, and like I said, the only reason I started writing fiction, though, was because I realized since I wrapped up my second memoir, I realized I had to write something or I was going to, my skills were going to backslide. I wanted to keep getting better and better, right?
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And so, yeah, if you want to do something like writing, I suggest you get a notebook and a pen and start writing or get a a word processing computer account, right? So you can word process and save your documents to a flash drive so you can interact with them and do stuff with them.
1: Or even if you have a notes app. Yeah. You can take it down that way. You can
0: use Notepad or WordPad or
1: WordPrint or... That's right or just
0: word i mean all of these are good um word heck you can even perfect. dictate the whole book yeah yeah these days you can there's that dragon naturally speaking that i've never used that but i know people who have they enjoy using that and um, that would be a good way to compose if you feel like you won't need to write your memoir or if you have something else you need to write i just encourage our viewers to write it down because if you write it down every, you know if you especially if you write it down and get it published it can be out there for a long time for lots of people to read and to learn from and to heal from and grow from. Yeah. So good point. And it's also, it heals a lot. Like through writing my own story, I healed a lot writing my memoirs and also writing these fiction stories. I've also healed a lot. And I've laughed a lot too, because like I said, I'm learning. Oh, I have to go. I got to go get my son from school. Sorry, Vic. Okay. for joining us today on Becca's World. Um, Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Peace out, y'all. That's a wrap. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel.